welcome to Solutions from the Yard, a candid discussion about life behind bars and its effect on society. We'll discuss reintegration or re-entry back into the community post-incarceration. Your host for this episode is Charles Hopkins. Welcome to this edition of Solutions from the Yard, a podcast that explores all aspects of the criminal justice system, the DOC, the BOP, violation of parole, probation, uh, Justice Department, criminal justice system overall. Today we will be talking about uh, prisoners, this is prisoners that are housed in federal prisons. We're calling this show 007, A License to Discriminate. Recently, Congresswoman Eleanor Holmes Norton sent a letter to the new director of the Federal Bureau of Prisons regarding the conditions that D.C. prisoners are now undergoing within the Federal Bureau of Prisons. D.C. prisoners are sentenced to the Federal Bureau of Prisons once they're found guilty under the D.C. Code. And when being found guilty under the D.C. Code, they are immediately sent to a federal prison because the District of Columbia doesn't have its own prison. Today I have two men with me, both served time in the federal prison, both uh, have a lot of knowledge about the Federal Bureau of Prisons and just issues that we'll be talking about today. Specifically, we'll be exploring the contents of Eleanor Holmes Norton's letter and some of the history of why the District of Columbia don't have their own prison. Today I have Mr. Michael Dickinson Hill. Welcome to a Solution from the Yard, Dickinson Hill. How you doing, bro? And I have uh, the man on the ground, Dietrich Trent. He always in the Trenches are called Dietrich Trent, but we should be calling them Dietrich Trenches. Cause they always in the trenches. How you doing, bro? How you doing, bro? Okay, now let's start. let's just jump right in this. Okay, we had the letter from Eleanor Holmes Norton, and Eleanor Holmes Norton sent this letter to the new director of the Bureau of Prisons with regards to the some of the things that's going on in the, in the Bureau of Prisons, but more importantly, uh, two deaths that have occurred. So this automatically opened the door for them to jump into space. What we want to talk about today is, first of all, she some of the, some of the things, I want y'all weighing on this here. She requested that all individuals convicted under D.C. Code, and here's the, this is what the difference is. You're under D.C. Code, you're under different sentencing mechanism and sentencing guidelines. Uh, how is that USP Polak be immediately removed be immediately moved to a safer facility because of the death of two D.C. residents and other targeted violence against D.C. prisoners. Mike, uh, give, give our audience an overview of the BOP and some of the prisons and then work your way to Polak and give them insight, some insight to what Polak is. Uh, okay. Um. First, I'll tell them how much time you did. And, you know, go through your little... Okay. Your bow, your prison bow. Uh, well, my name is Michael Dickerson L, and um, I did 24 years of incarceration, and I started out in the Maryland system because I had charges in Maryland and in D.C. And um, once I was finished my Maryland time, I came to back to the D.C. system, which was being ran by the feds at the time. Um. Because the feds had took over, what, in 1998? That's right. That's when they took over in 1998. So anybody that was incarcerated in Washington, D.C., 
start, you know, getting transfers, start getting a 007, and eventually start getting transferred out to the feds because Lawton closed right after that. It okay. closed, you know, a few years after that. And um, I, you know, when like I said, when I left the Merle system in 2005, I came into the federal system. Is it's just a whole different system compared to Maryland. It's a different system compared to Lawton. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more so uh, the feds. They try to have all this strict control, and they didn't really. They wasn't even prepared for us. Right. Let me, I'm gonna go there first. Okay, go there. They weren't prepared for us because when we came, you had a lot of guys that had uh, life without life without parole. You had guys had life with parole. You had guys with 20 to life. You had guys with 15 to 45. They had all these different, excuse me, they had all these different sentences. And when they was going up to see the board, one of the number one things that we had to go through when, when they was going to see the board, they kept seeing the brothers under federal guidelines. Right. And when they kept seeing them brothers under federal guidelines, they was getting shot down because the federal guidelines didn't apply to our regular parole guidelines. Okay. Right. So you had brothers fighting those guidelines for years. I mean, for years. Mm-hmm. And they was fighting them guidelines. And if you still don't know the avenue to get sentenced under the regular D.C. code, the ways though you're not getting seen under federal, you they constantly shooting down because their guidelines are different from right. ours. So that was one of the major problems that I saw with a lot of guys, man. It was, you know, like Donnell, he had 25 to life, but he wound up doing 30. Right. Because he kept getting seen under the federal guidelines. This is part of not being prepared. Right. And see, so then he had to, find out the channels how you get seen by DC guidelines. Once you got seen by DC guidelines, then they automatically give you parole because you fit the criteria. And by being under these different guidelines, how did that play out in terms of like your security levels in, in what systems you find them in? Like for example, if I'm seen under the federal guidelines, uh, do that mean that they look at my record and say, okay, federal guidelines, max, DC guidelines, minimal. Well, or was that, or was that something that was? Pl- yeah. Well, in the federal system, they got they got what's called a point system. Mm-hmm. So your points that you have is 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 based on what security level you're gonna be in. Right. So whatever, if you got low points like what seven points, something like that, to that effect, you get get sent to a low. It was certain. <coughs> it was, excuse me. It was a certain guideline that you had to go by. So you know you might have eleven to seven. Stuff like that. Right. Then from seven on down, it was pre-release. And then once you start getting into the higher points, like 23 points, 24 points, that put you into the guidelines of being in in a, uh, either medium high or high. So let, let's, let's um, and I'm going to go into detail about this. So initially, did they initially classify all D.C. prisoners in the high category or did most D.C. prisoners get sent get seen a high medium and max or was they or and then work then they start assessing them or was they given the due 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 process in terms of saying, okay we're gonna send it we're going we under these guidelines but we factoring in you got 10 years or you know you're DC prisoner but you got 10 years and therefore you got three in on it you can be low medium mm-hmm. and which will allow you to be eventually minimal or did they just say like, 
everybody in the max and high medium and then work your way out? Was that the well overall? Well, um from what I saw, it was like it goes by how many convictions. It, it got a lot of different guidelines to it. It goes by how many convictions you got. Because you can have a guy with a lot of convictions, he only got five years, they're going to send him to a pen. Right. But you sending me to a high security level prison, and all I got is five years. You got guy, I might be in the cell with a dude that ain't never going home. You see right. what I'm saying? So it, the guy, <coughs> the, excuse me, the guidelines vary. You understand what I'm saying? But some of the some of it goes by how many convictions you got. Some of it might go by uh, when we left Lawton, it might go by what was in your jacket. Right. And your files. So if you got stabbings in your files, they automatically say, hey, send them to the, you know, to the pen. Regardless of how much time you got. Regardless of how much time you got. So they, they, you know, really, it was kind of like a biased outlook the way they was giving us. Like you said, man, you know, we, we, we guilty because we 007s. And, you know, and then and, and a lot of guys, um, it's unfortunate that they in, they in pens, but they not doing nothing but because of their reputation, the influence they have. And when you got a lot of influence, whatever compound you're going and chatter going around, hey, such such on the compound, woo-woo-woo on the compound, you know what I'm saying? It, it causes a lot of chatter. So a lot of them guys with them reputation, soon they get off the bus, they getting pulled up by the warden, chief security, all that. Hey, look, man, we heard about you, man, you know. Don't bring that here, yada, yada, yada. Right, right. Or when we first left Lawton, they went down Lee County, and the first thing, you know, them big big old redneck Europeans, they talking about something. Yeah, y'all was tearing up y'all jail, but y'all ain't going to tear this one up. Right, right. You see what I'm saying? So a lot of it was done just through biasness. Right, y'all was discriminated from the word go. It, it, exactly. D2, uh, uh, educate our uh, audience on, first of all, how much time you do, and some of the uh, institutions you winded up being prior to being released, and Kind of, kind of like uh, resonate Mike's point in in terms of some of the things you observe as far as the, how they discriminate against DC uh, citizens. Yes. Uh, well, I was incarcerated for twenty five years, and the point the point I want to make from reading this letter from the CIC having their involvement. First of all, the brothers in that's incarcerated, don't even believe in the CIC. What's the CIC? Tell them what the CIC is. Correctional Information Council. Oh, yeah. They come around, it's a joke. Half the time we on lockdown, they don't never, who, they don't interview no one. I never been interviewed my whole 25 years in prison by a Correctional Information Council. Why you wouldn't get information from someone that got incarcerated at the age of 16 years old? He's mm -hmm. still in prison after 20-some years. Would you want, wouldn't you want to go check in on him? But that was never, that never occurred. That's just, so everything about, about, about the whole move to the federal system when D.C. turned us over, signed us over due to the lack of funds. Mm -hmm, that's right. And... I was in that process heavy. I was snatched from Lawton, moved to Ohio. Then from Ohio, I went to Raybrook. Not even, and no bill was signed yet for us to be housed in BOP. Mm -hmm. Why I say this? Because they, we was not allowed to touch a foot on the compound. We had to be 
locked down 24-7. We got an issue. Because we was, con- we, was, we was technically contract prisoners, but really. But we couldn't test no compound. We was in there in these holes. That's when y'all, that's when they initially sent y'all out. When we started sending us out, okay. we start, they started sending us out around 1999, 98. Mm-hmm. We was touching these, a lot of these federal prisons going into their shoe, shoes. Right, what's the lockdown. shoe? I mean, shoe is a, is a special housing unit. Security housing unit? Yeah, security, you call them special housing unit, security right. housing unit. And we was locked down in there like, you know, for six to a year, to a year 24 and one. Mm. $25 comps, we just came off of compounds. Because you were 007. Because we was 007, we was from Lawton. That's right, and We Come from on. D.C. and Come all on. this. Yeah, so I got shipped back, I mean, then they shipped us to the Virginia Experience, to the, you know, when we went to the Virginia Experience contracting around Sussex, Red Onion. Come on. You know, we already know the trauma that all the brothers went through that experience. All right. Right? The lawsuits that have been stacked up against them on that experience there. Then we got sent to back to I got sent to Arizona which was a C, C, uh, C, CCA which that's what's a CCA just for the benefit of our audience I, I, what is it you correct uh, me like a private industry it's a private industry okay. prison they, but I don't know the, the actual yeah, acronyms yeah, of the I CCA I know it's correctional something count something right right it's right. a private job, private it's prison a, yes private plantation yes once again and down there during this whole process if you listening I was always on the road, always in a hole. That's right. Right? Never had, we, and then I'm not just speaking to me, I'm speaking as a whole of, of the D.C. brothers, the D.C. Right. code, DC code, code defendants. Right, right. Right? Uh, none of us had a real classification. That's right. A true classification. But the whole thing what they was doing was keeping us, bouncing us from around to around, was trying to say they was trying to do a real classification because they was trying to find Let me out. hold you on that point. I just wanted you to say... Yes. What year was this that this took place? This took place from 90... It actually started in 1997. Okay, so we're talking about the Congresswoman put a letter out in 2022. Go ahead. Yes. Go ahead, go ahead. This started... Yeah, yeah. So this this actually started in 1997. I mean, I could go further back then because I got shipped out before that too on a contract agreement with with the warden of Lawton and and, 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 the... and, and another warden from the state of Pennsylvania, when she she eventually came to D.C., ended up being the uh, the head of the uh, D.O.C. Okay. Right? We ain't going to say no name because this is not for all that. But <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, I got shipped out on that, too. So it's been a lot of money. So the discrimination been going on Man, since. discrimination been going on since we was in Lawton. Right. So it's never been that. You know, they've been sending brothers from Lawton to the phase when they wasn't federal prisoners. That's right. A lot of our brothers been getting killed out there, been war on the war. For years, they've been getting shipped out there because they shipped them from Lawton, saying because their reputation they thinking and sending them out there to the feds. And then they ship ship them back. I got a lot of big homies that went through that. We all, and they, they came back to Lawton after doing so many years, surviving out there. So the, the discrimination been going on with D.C. prisoners since the establishment right, that's right. of D.C. Superior Court. Okay. Right? But getting back to the process of what, what was going on, I was... So we was we never had a true classification. That's right. I, we was all I would tell you what they did to brothers and us. All of us was in Arizona, like you said. It was brothers from six months left on their time all the way to the door ain't opening up no okay. more. Okay. They dropped all three hundred of us on the compound 
of Leavenworth, and that was in the year of 19, I mean, of two, 1999 and, and going into 2000. Mm. Ain't none of us, we, and then I'm about to bring y'all to her, ain't none of us had a true classification. All of us was there because they had the bed space. That's right. Not because we fit the criteria of being in the penitentiary. That's right, come on. Right? D.C. prisoners actually started the establishment of Grand Prairie. What's that? Grand Prairie is a destination and classification center that the Federal Bureau of, Pre, Federal, Federal Bureau of Prisons established with an independent contract with people to do classifications on all BOP prisoners. They have a special team that was established because they did not, like Brother Mike Dickinson was speaking about, you had brothers with all types of different sentences. If you know DC, DC Code sentences, we always had ambiguous and crazy sentences. Right, that's right. Right? Indeterminate, wild sentences. Right. They didn't know how to, they didn't, they couldn't understand the language because a lot of these, I'm talking facts right here. And I'm talking because a lot of our brothers, a lot of our, our judgment commitment orders was written in ink. Right. <laughs> They didn't understand that stuff when they got it. They didn't understand it. That's how they, they didn't understand it. I'm a person that went through, they put more time than I supposed to did. I had to file to get my time, time. corrected. Okay, me let too. me, let's stop right here. Yeah, I'm going to stop right no, here. No, no, I ain't, I ain't stopping you right there to stop yeah. that. I'm, I want to, I want to, I want to help you. I want you to flush that out. Okay, I want you to go, go back to, yes, I yes. want you to go back to this. To I want yes. you to flush this out. Okay, because we're talking about, the whole thing is, we, we just opposing Reality to this letter. Right. And we saying that she sent a letter to the new director of Bureau of Prisons right. saying there's a problem. And she's saying it like this problem just came into existence. <laughs> and it's not a critique on her. Mm. It's a critique on the, the establishment. So I want you, I want you to, uh, to flush that out in terms of uh, the fact that the reason why... She's writing this letter. No, right? no, the reason why... They y'all went through that. What you just talked about that like they had to create another board. They didn't know how to pressure. Right. right. What's the reason? What's the reason behind that? Yes, the reason why because actually they didn't know how to calculate our sentences, and we had we had people that had parole, actual sentences of parole. Then we had guys that had doing that was coming in after the new sentencing or the determinative sentences in the year two thousand. They started giving them one number, so you had all types of different kind of sentences structures uh schemes that they had to deal with Phil it was, it became it, and you talk with people we talk about in the middle of America dealing with people that's you know right and so would you say so would you say this was so uh, I want to get to and this how they established the alpha team the alpha team was 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 established to only deal with DC code offenders that's my point right there that's what I wanted to get at right that's what I wanted to get because Mike said early that Mike's initial uh, observation was they was not prepared to deal with us. All right. So now, Mike, what was the? Why do you think the? What was the reason behind the lack of preparation? Um, kind of piggybacking off what Dietrich said. First and foremost, they wasn't ready. When that, when that, when that money ran out and they had to shut down Lawton, it was just like, okay, we gotta send them somewhere. And once they started doing that, shipping us out by the thousands. These federal institutions didn't know what to do with us. You know what I'm saying? It was a lot of violence being uh, conducted. It was a lot of uh, 
like like he said, it was a lot of lawsuits put in because they didn't know how to deal with the DC guidelines. Come on. You know, and, and I, I got sent this because I had multiple different charges. One of my charges was I had uh, carrying a pistol without a license and the ammunition charge. I got caught with three boxes of bullets and a pistol. Um, when, 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 when they had, I, I caught the charge in 96, but when I got sentenced, I got sentenced under a guideline called the Omnibus Act, mm-hmm. which I never heard of. I didn't even know what it was. You know, and that that sentence came out. It came from the D.C. Council, and it was out from 1994 into 2000. Within that six year span, if you caught a, a felon charge within 94 and 2000, you had to go to your expiration date if you didn't make parole. Mm-hmm. So they didn't really know how to deal with that. You understand? Right. Because that was made up by D.C. Council. So when I was trying to fight that. Because eventually, that's how I wound up getting out. Come on. Because <laughs> I got out three years early. But I was trying to fight that. Also, I was uh, I was fighting my gun charge because they had my expiration date at 2024 when it should have been 2023. Because like you said, Grand Prairie never calculated my time. I was over to jail. Right. I was over to jail fighting my charge. And they never calculated me for that. Right. So the BOP kept telling me, oh, you go home in 2024. And I'm like, no, I don't. You know, and so I, I finally got that time. There's no exaggeration. I got that time took back in 2020. <laughs> I got sentenced in 97. And I didn't get that year that they owed me until 2020. Mm. Going back and forth, back and forth with Grand Prairie. They keep having all these different stipulations. Oh, man, we get the judge to write a letter. Do man, Look, man, check this out. You got the paperwork right in front of you. You got my judgment commitment order. You know what I'm saying? So why you need the judge to sanction something? The judge signature right there. Yeah, yeah. What the judge said in court is right there. Mm-hmm. So why I, got, why I got to get a special letter from the judge? When the judge said what... How I'm supposed to be sentenced right then and there. He said pro-nunk-tunk, which means to go back. That's backwards. right, that's right. So the, the the wording is right there. So why did I have to go through all this, uh, you know, tap dancing, just to you know what I'm saying? Get, get this year back. Let me ask you this, and and you you can pick up on this here. Okay, so now we established that they wasn't prepared to deal with. They closed lower down. They put uh, DC prisons that were sentenced under DC code into a federal environment, and then based on what y'all saying, start scrut start uh, evaluating y'all under federal guidelines, arbitrarily and capriciously. Uh, and in doing that, okay, that created an environment where you have D.C. prisoners sentenced under D.C. code being sent to different maximum security and high-max facilities. Go from there, DJ. So what did that create? What type of environment did that create for the BOP? And, because she, this is what she's saying. She's saying that... Uh, that they should they they, uh, they should have put them in a safer facility, but the safety from what y'all telling me is not a matter of a safer facility. It's a matter of a lack of procedures and policies that directly relate to DC prisoners that, that's under DC code that's creating a problem. Therefore, putting them in environments where I'm in an environment I ain't supposed to be in, but I can't get out of this environment because Mike just said I can't get out of this environment because you got because no matter what I say, you saying. I hear what you're saying, but as far as I'm concerned, you're on the federal code. 
And I'm not going to tell you that, but I'm going to act like you. That's what you want. And I'm going to subject you to that in, in my, when I make my decision. So what did that kind of environment, what did, how did that play out in terms of the, the, the environment that prisoners on the D.C. cold find themselves in? It, it, it was a stressful environment. You know, it was it was humane when you watching you watching others have uh I would have to put this the saying you, you you watch the federal code prisoners Come from on. all, the, That's all right. around. That's right. That's right. You watch their process of going home and getting out. Right. That's right. From getting released from these federal prisons. It, it it'd be a smoother process. That's right. A DC prisoner process it was totally different. Right. Like Mike just told you, he had to get a, uh, he had to get the judge to say it was him <laughs> that, that sentenced him. Yeah, yeah, that's right. This, but but, but this was what, what the DC code defenders was put up against. Right. Right. And you 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 talking about, and I've been in in the federal prisons, and I watch one one I the, I wake up in the morning, he's the officer of the block. The next morning, he coming in there with a suit. He's my case manager. You don't, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you telling me, oh, yeah, you go home and such and such. You don't even know my stuff. You can't right. even tell me that. You was just in there trying to lock doors. Right. So this is the stressful environment that we was getting to, to where, where the brothers was fighting, dying. Oh, man, man, blood, sweat, tears, trying to get them to understand the DC code. We've been screaming out from them balls from years mm. to DC about man, come and fix this mis this uh this misjustice that's going on for that's how the Alpha team was established. Right. That was that was that was their response. That was their response, but it didn't do anything to the, all the other misjustice that was how still. How long going after y'all on. was how long after y'all was out did the Alpha team come into existence? How long was y'all were they was DC prisons if you can make if you can the Alpha team was established in, in two, the 2000 and I can roughly say after like 2010. Yes, that's crazy. Come on. I, I can say around yeah. that time. So that, all that, time, was, all that yeah. time, they had all that time, they, y'all, they subjecting y'all to like whoever feel like they want to say. Yes. So, right. and, and, okay. and, and, yeah. So, and you told my brothers already been in. Right. I got you. Know? Go so, ahead and finish it up. And this, this, this is the stressful environment that the brothers was going through in there. Uh, not only that, we we, we and, and speaking of going get back to this letter when they saying that the reentry, the right the reentry part, which is a joke because because we don't get a proper classification to be to be pro to, to, so we could take programs for reentry. Right. We don't. They don't know how to classify classificate uh give us a classification. A proper classification, so for we so we can benefit from these reentry programs because the first thing they always say, and with a lot of brothers, they got life on the back, and he could be going home tomorrow. Man, you got life. You're not eligible for this. Mm-hmm. All right, so yeah. we okay. Well, we're about to wrap up this section, and we'll continue this conversation at our next session. But at, but we want we want to close by acknowledging this here that. Uh, Mike, I think Mike, both of y'all established a prima facie case that one, just like slaves, y'all was chattel and just sent out, put on the ship and sent nowhere uh, and defend for yourselves and not being allowed to be properly classified or even given the, the hope of like, I can get out if I just do right. I can get out if I just, 
you know, follow the rules, follow the regulations, and be involved with program. I can't do none of that because I'm a 007. They not give me the they not give me that opportunity at all. The only thing I'm getting the opportunity is like the fight or flight. That's all. That's what they. That's what the hand they deal me. I'm getting that opportunity from the administration. I'm getting that opportunity from people from all over the country, and it's a handful of us. Uh, Mike, you got you got a last word, and then Dietrich, you. Oh man, uh, it's almost a continuation. My word, because when we start getting into those programs, that's another whole show. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, but my last word is, um, you know, we we need more advocation towards that injustice that's going on and you know because it's still going on that's right a lot of people don't understand it's still going on even though they got little systems that allegedly is put in play to stop this it's still going on so it's still light that need to be shed on that okay Dietrich. my last words is and I pray that they do find the capability to bring all my brothers and sisters back closer to home, right? And take away some of that burden that's been placed on our families because mm-hmm. no one has the burden, no families face the burden the way the D.C. prisoners' families does when it comes to the BOP. And that's my last word. There you have it. Solutions from the yard. Thank you. You've been listening to Solutions from the Yard. This podcast is presented by Voices for a Second Chance, a comprehensive re-entry program that provides culturally appropriate, trauma-informed, gender-specific, and peer-based services. For more information, go to info at vscdc.org or visit our website at www.vscdc.org.